from the Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's James the Brain. That's Travis the Beard. I'm John Hogan. This is Super Flexible. With trade deadlines approaching in both redraft and dynasty, we're wheeling and dealing in all formats to improve our collective roster and win us all that collective championship. So here's how we're trading. Plus news and impact from another bizarre week in week 10 and everything in preparation of the final bye week, week 11. And super streakers in your nuts, it's super flexible. Let's go! We've got a little bit of news to talk about. Like I said, it was a pretty bizarre week overall. Um, Partly in the fact that there really wasn't a whole lot of news to come out of it. I think that a lot of fantasy players are probably wondering uh, if my guys didn't get hurt and they didn't get benched. Why did I still lose? (laughs) Why did I still put up so few points? But we're going to talk about the little bit of news that did come out of week 10. Let's start with Ezekiel Elliott. We didn't get into that into uh, Zeke's suspension last week, boys. So let's talk about this a little bit. He just served game one this past weekend against the Falcons in which the Cowboys get destroyed. He still has five more games. So let's start with, with Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm wondering, Travis, what does this do to his dynasty value? Uh, for me, it doesn't do anything, really. We knew this was coming. It's six games out of a career. I mean, we're playing Dynasty here. So, I mean, he's going to be back. He's going to be balling out next year, no problem. I don't. I wouldn't. You're not going to sell him right now for cheaper than you would have two weeks ago, three weeks, you know, two months ago, whatever. So, in my opinion, it doesn't really change anything for Zeke's individual dynasty value um what i i do you guys disagree yeah I, I a little bit i do i mean i i think if you're a zeke owner and you are competing you know um at some point you got to try to win now and i understand that zeke could be a key part of the future if he keeps his nose clean which is a total separate uh conversation because i i think there's a lot of risk there that you're taking on even in the future with zeke but um i will say this uh i i think if you're competing and this this suspension happens at the worst possible time, I mean, you're making a playoff push and through the playoffs, he's not going to be there. If you make the championship game and if you play it in week 16, like most leagues do, you know, then you'll you'll have him for that one game. But I mean, good luck getting there without a guy who you, you probably built your franchise around. Um, I, I definitely think that if I'm going for it this year, if I'm, you know, if I'm sitting there at eight and two or something and, you know, seven and three and I need a guy you know, because Alfred Morris didn't do it. There was no replacement that really stepped up there. If I need a guy, I'm looking at, at moving Zeke, uh, absolutely, you know, to a team that maybe could use him in the future but uh, has a piece that could help me win now. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't sell him for pennies on the dollar, but I would definitely look to get someone in there. Um, but, yeah, I, I've been overall concerned about Zeke uh, for a while now. What about you, John? What do you think? Yeah, see, so I have actually two concerns right now with Ezekiel Elliott. The first one being, you know, James, you mentioned the ability to keep his nose clean going forward. And, you know, I've mentioned this before, but two incidents in one year. And now we're asking him to avoid any further incidents for the rest of his career or face a possible lifetime suspension, lifetime ban. 
uh, that that makes this feel really risky to me. The fact that you know in his second year he's already serving a, a long suspension, um, and like I said, two incidents already on his record. And then the other thing that kind of concerns me is the fact that we saw. I mean, you you could definitely blame the Cowboys performance this past Sunday a lot more on the loss of left tackle Tyron Smith but there's also I mean you also it was also a game without Ezekiel Elliott and you know without him taking that heat off of Dak Prescott Prescott was just he was ineffective he was lost and uh, I mean, he's under constant pressure, but still, I mean, what it what it kind of tells me is that defenses can kind of key in on the run and take away the run, and it's going to affect the entire offense. So those are two concerns for me going forward with Zeke. Is now the scheme changes a little bit uh, for for defenses as well. That's that's my second concern with him. I don't I don't understand how him being gone. And then now you see, like last week, I, I agree that I think it was like 90% Tyron Smith being out and 10% Zeke. But with him being out and then them struggling like that, that to me shows how good he actually is. They can't sustain their running game at all, like even remotely close to the way they were before. So that, and I mean, in my mind, my, my train of thought goes, you know, that that game kind of just reinforced how freaking good this guy is. And they're going to feed him the like there's I mean, these coaches are seeing it, too. Like, oh, you know, we don't have Zeke and look what just happened. We can't run the, da- the, the football. So it just cements his role even more so for me when he comes back that he is 100 percent their their bell cow, you know, and. How do you not give – I don't know. So I, I guess my point is I don't see that as a detractor for Zeke's individual value that the offense struggled with him being out. I mean, I to me what it does is – I mean, you're right. It cements the fact that, that Ezekiel Elliott is by far the most valuable player on the on the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys, and that's a problem. That's where, you know, you you have to be able to bring balance or else – you know, again, you start loading up the box because you don't have to worry about about Dak Prescott as long as you can take away the run. And that's that's my concern is that now teams are really going to see how slanted this offensive game plan was towards the run and towards Ezekiel Elliott specifically. Well, and real quick, though, I'd like to add, you know, we're talking like Dallas couldn't run the ball. Alfred Morris had 11 carries for 53 yards. He averaged almost five yards a carry, 4.8. They didn't feed him. They didn't give, you know, the running game much of a, you know, I mean, they, they just didn't try to run as often. But, I mean, Alfred Morris was efficient. He had, four, you know, almost five yards a carry. So, I mean, to say that they couldn't run the ball and they struggled running the ball, yeah, to an extent. But, I mean, they didn't stick with it. And I think that that's a, that's a game plan problem, um, you know, more than anything else. So, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if Alfred Morris would have averaged that and he would have had 20 carries, he would have had 100 yards rushing. And that, you know, this wouldn't have been, you know, an issue. I just feel like Dallas decided that they weren't going to run the ball very often because Zeke wasn't there. But if you look at the numbers, I mean, the numbers don't lie. 11 carries for 53 yards. 
I mean, he, he, he was efficient at the very least, you know? So, um, so I don't know. I, I think Alfred Morris, uh, did better than what we're kind of giving him credit for in this, this past game. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And I think that kind of goes back to why I, I think the, the large majority of the problem this last week with Dallas was the, the pressure that, the, that Atlanta was able to put on Dak more so than the running game itself. But I, I don't know. I guess it doesn't – my whole point is that him not being there doesn't hurt his value and doesn't – like – I mean, if they would have come out and had Alfred Morris, you know, 150 yards and two touchdowns, then we'd be hearing arguments of, oh, well, Zeke isn't really that important to that offense, right? Like, but that's not what happened. So, I mean, obviously he's got the job. No one's arguing that. So I don't – I just don't think it affects his dynasty value at all. I, I see what you're saying about if you're a contender, but my – I guess another argument or another thought – for, for me is you knew this was coming. So you've had, you know, an off season, most of the off season, and then 10 weeks to prepare your dynasty roster and make moves to compensate for, I mean, you knew this was going to happen. So if you don't have the depth at this point, 10 weeks into the season to deal with this, the Zeke suspension that you knew was coming for three months, then, I mean, you might not have, been a contender to begin with you know but but did we really know that it was coming this season i mean it's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back there was a chance that he didn't get suspended at all this season and it could have been next year if that stay would have been granted so i mean did we know i mean we knew at some point he was going to get suspended i don't think we knew it was going to be this season i don't think we knew what week i mean how many weeks was it zeke suspended oh no zeke's not suspended zeke can play zeke can't play I mean, this has been going back and that, forth all year. So, I mean, it's difficult when you're going, oh, yeah, I'm just going to hold this running back here for depth for, like, eight weeks and <laughs> see when Zeke's going to get suspended, you know? I mean, it's difficult to prepare when you don't know when it's coming um, and if even if it is for sure going to come. Right, but that, I mean, that's kind of my whole point is we we thought he might have been suspended week one. So you should have had a backup plan then. We thought he might have been suspended week three. So you should have had a backup plan then. We thought he was, you know what I mean? It's like this on again, off again. You should not at any point during this year had, there's no point in which you should not have had a backup plan or been gathering or making moves to prepare for that because there you knew that it was at least a 50-50 chance that at any point in time, he could not be in your starting lineup. So I guess that's my point. All right, let's talk about some trades that we've seen on Twitter. Some of them have been sent to our Superflex Trades account at Superflex Trades on Twitter. And uh, first of all, highly recommend sending it to us, um, all of your trades, regardless of format, but particularly Superflex, 2QB, tight, uh, tight end premium, point per carry, point per first down, point per completion, any any of those scoring systems that you might have. If you send your, your trades to at Superflex Trades, we can get them out to the masses, we can retweet them, and we can discuss them here on the podcast. So let's do a little bit of that now. This first one involved our very own Travis the Beard, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a .5 PPR Dynasty Superflex where Sterling Shepard and the 2018 first was the offer for Corey Davis. 
So let's start with you, James. Where are you? Where do you stand on this one? Man, I went back and forth on this one, John. I I, I like Sterling Shepard an awful lot, and getting an 18 first is always nice. I'm really high on Corey Davis too, though. Um, so I, I I really think this is a pretty even trade. If I'm on one side of it, man, I guess I would probably take the Sterling Shepard and 18 first side. Um, only because I, I, again, I'm really high on Sterling Shepard. I think that he's going to be um, a really good receiver. I don't think he's going to be as good as Corey Davis, though, but I do think he'll be good. And then you're going to give me the 18 first, which to me just is just a little bit uh, more than than you know what I would what I would give up for Corey Davis. But as I'm saying this, it hurts because I really like Corey Davis. I'm I'm high on him too. So. Um, Man, I, I I really feel like it's a, it's a good trade for both. You know, I mean, it's an even trade. Uh, but I think if I had to choose a side, I would choose the the Sterling Shepard uh, eighteen first side. What what do you think, John? Uh, it's for me. It's Corey Davis by a mile, and I think that Corey Davis has the opportunity to be one of the elite young receivers in this league. Um, which is why, um, you know, for me, it it would take significantly more than an 18 first in a fantasy wide receiver to to flex option especially in 0.5 ppr i mean you know going forward sterling shepherd is still gonna he's always gonna have the problem of where do you find production on on an offense that now includes both odell beckham and and evan ingram you know the 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 best wide receiver in dynasty and now the best young tight end in dynasty where are you gonna where are you gonna find that production if you're sterling shepherd so i you know and then couple that with the fact that now who's his quarterback gonna be too so for me it's Corey davis pretty easily so travis tell us how this went and uh how you felt about about it he i mean he's gonna find that sterling shepherd's gonna find that production like he did last week john he had 142 <laughs> yards and 11 receptions. So. With, with Odell Beckham on, <laughs> on IR. <laughs> no, and so yeah, no. So honestly, I was, I was offering the the Shepherd first side to try to buy Davis, um, and for the record, it was instantly declined. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, um, and on, yeah, and that's so. I I I would obviously based on that take the Davis side um, mainly because you know I was trying to sell high on Shepard because I think I agree with you that right now he's looking real good and he's getting the volume but next year that ain't gonna happen you know I mean Odell Beckham is uh, the I mean he demands those targets you can't get away from that obviously so Shepard's production isn't gonna be definitely what it was last week it's not gonna be what it is the rest of this year so I think if you've got Shepard, um, you know, this week or maybe even wait a few more weeks for he's going to have solid production the rest of this, you know, season. So I I think I'd try to sell uh, while you can high on Shepard. So, I mean, it was a failed attempt. So on a scale of one to five, one being the easiest, five being I'm sweating while I'm making this decision, how hard was it for you to to click the button to send that trade offer what was five again that's the hardest that's a really hard decision for you you were sweating it and you were you were feeling like man this this actually could hurt a little bit 
it was kind of it was probably like a three and a half. Like I, I okay. didn't, I I I was comfortable in my decision to send it and try to get Davis. Like I'm comfortable enough in the value of Davis to do that. But you know, you always have in the back of your mind that 18 first is kind of a big deal, especially it was, you know, it's a rebuilding team. So I'm giving up that asset. Um, but I still view Corey Davis as a buy low at this point, uh, just because he hasn't quite boomed yet. Uh, and people are very, very impatient in the dynasty community. So 10 weeks into a season, he hasn't had that boom game. I still think there's a, there's a buy low opportunity for him. Um, so it wasn't, yeah, I guess it wasn't that hard, but there, you know, you definitely second guess yourself and, and Shepard obviously is producing and, and those 18 firsts are, are sexy. So real quick, I just, I just want to add something real quick here. As far as, um, you know, uh, Sterling Shepard may be moving forward, not seeing as many targets. And I, 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 yeah, I think that's a legitimate concern. However, Sterling Shepard versus the number two cornerback on any team is a matchup that I'd like to exploit. Um, and so I think that he could, you know, moving forward and not, not to mention, you know, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have no problem getting him the ball next year and beyond. So, uh, I don't think that, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much of an issue. In, uh, You're in nuts. That. You're already nuts. <laughs> we're, we're not even there yet. So, I mean, and the other thing to keep in mind, he's not necessarily going up against the number two cornerback. He's, he's going to move back to the slot, uh, generally speaking, which means he's, in a lot of cases, he'll actually be the one going against, you know, the Chris Harris, um, you know, Tyron Matthew. Like he's he's going to he's going to get some some pretty tough coverage of his own. Um, and it's completely independent of Odell Beckham. Um, but uh, I, I, I do love the 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 confidence that it's going to be Kirk Cousins as opposed to Davis Webb, Geno Smith. <laughs> maybe one of these rookies um i do i do think that that's very interesting i i the other thing i think about that's interesting about this and that's why i'm glad that we're able to talk about this with somebody who is actually involved in the trade is that 2018 first you know the the fact that you know there there's you kind of recognized that the value on that freaking pick is nowhere near what it's going to be, you know, in the late spring, you know, and, and throughout the summer, it's just going to get, it's going to, it's just going to be more and more. So, you know, at this point, it's just kind of a, a little bit of a kicker, um, to make up the difference between Sterling Shepard and Corey Davis, but give it, you know, five, six months, and that pick might get you Corey Davis alone, as crazy as that is. And I think that that's something that's kind of important for us to talk about here a little bit is um, just the, you know, just the value of different dynasty assets and the way the the market ebbs and flows on stuff like that. So um, to me, this is a really important one. And uh, I, I don't know for sure if that's how you were thinking of it. Um, you might have the value on that 2018 first right now in November as high as, you know, as, as you think it's ever going to get. Um, but there, there's a good chance that there are people in your league who are going to value that pick significantly higher 
in June and July than they do here in November. Yeah, I I didn't I viewed the 18 first as the main reason I was even remotely hesitant on sending it if I was um be, because I know that those, you know, those picks do increase in value. Um and, but you know, I have in that league that's that's the latest of or should be should end up being the latest of four firsts that I have. So I was trying to build, you know, rebuild by by obtaining a buy low asset now as opposed to just strictly through the rookie draft. So that's kind of the thought process there. I agree that that the pick is going to increase, but at the same time, it's it it might just end up being the one twelve. It's it's from a guy that's I mean he's he's leading the league in points right now and he's number one in in the standings so it could end up being it's going to be late for sure so it definitely made it easier i just wanted to say about that trade too like my my actual thought process going into it was okay Corey davis in my opinion is worth two first round picks right so if i give a first and sterling shepherd right now you could argue is worth a first so that was me just trying to get to that value in you know, making it even like, okay, obviously, you know, the first is worth a first and then Shepard's worth a first. So Corey Davis is worth, that was kind of like the simple dumb math in my head uh, to try to make it where I think that, and that's the best offer. I've been trying to buy Davis from this one dude all year um, and I haven't been able to do it. And that's the best offer I've, I've come up with so far. And it, it, I think I'm, I think I might be done trying to buy him because he's a Titans fan, so it makes it Ooh. a little harder. Yeah, that's hard to deal with. Yeah, but no, that to, to me, that's why this is so important. I mean, it's it's to you, it feels like kind of a junk math a little bit, you know. Um, but like, this is something that a lot of players struggle with quite a bit, and th- that's kind of the simplest way to explain how we come to trade values. You know, you mm-hmm. start with. If this guy was in the rookie draft in 2018, you know, kind of like how Marshawn Lynch was in 2017, he just randomly, at 31 years old, he randomly appears in your dynasty rookie draft. <laughs> so, um, and and it was kind of, you know, where does he go? And he ended up being a, a late first round pick in most rookie drafts. So, I mean, which you is could bonkers. Reason- yeah, I know. yeah, which is horrible now, considering <laughs> he probably went ahead of, of, um, well, he definitely went ahead of Chris Carson. He probably went ahead of Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, that's yeah, just there, there are a few other. He might have even gone ahead of Kamara in a lot of leagues. His, his yeah, Kamara got up there towards towards the season though. He was like one hundred seven. Yeah, one hundred six. Yeah, he eventually climbed up, but yeah. But so, anyways, I mean, it's it, you. You think about it in terms of of Sterling Shepard, who significantly younger, at a much more a position that has a much longer shelf life. If he got thrown back into the first round or back into the rookie draft in 2018, you know, where is he going to go? And it's likely a fairly high first round pick if Marshawn Lynch can go in the first round. You know, Sterling Shepard has to go in the first round. Mm. Might not be significantly higher, but he's he's there. Whereas Corey Davis would be 1.02 most likely. And uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, just kind of, and then you just kind of work off of it from there. You know, what is this guy worth in terms of draft picks and what's, what's a future draft pick worth in terms of a current draft pick? And, and, and to me, it's, it's really important and it's really interesting. I think that we should talk more about it going forward. Um, but for now we're, we'll, uh, get into a little bit more, um, player values and move on to this next trade. Uh, this is a rebuilding team. Um, which side do you prefer for a rebuilding team? A 12-team PPR Superflex. David Johnson or Alvin Kamara, Alex Smith, and uh, what looks to be a mid-first-round pick in 2018. It says 1.06. I don't know how they could possibly know that, though. I'm, gu- uh, I'm assuming they're guessing. Yeah. 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 Just based which, on standings. Yeah, which is typically the way to do it. Assume that it's going to be a mid first. But anyway, so which side are you guys taking on that? David Johnson or Alvin Kamara, Alex Smith, and 1.06 in a super flex league? For the rebuild, if I was the rebuilding team. Oh, uh, that's hard. It is. It's a tough one. If I was the rebuilding team. Oh man. I think I'm I think I'm going to go Kamara, Alex Smith in the mid first. And and that uh, was really difficult for you to say of all people. It was. DJ's my boy. I got a signed football right up there. I don't know if you guys can see that. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, man. I and it's so a couple reasons. DJ is obviously the goat, but that I'm not optimistic about the team next year or for the next two or three years. With Palmer leaving, Fitz leaving, most likely both those guys are gone. I mean, Arians might be gone. Who knows? You know, it's it's their their arrow is pointing down. It's, their offense isn't going to be as good. He's he's still going to be productive, obviously, but he's not. I I don't think he's going to have the ceiling. He did last year, um, so I don't. And and a rebuilding team, Kamara is just killing it right now. He looks like the real deal. I think I was actually thinking, you know, Kamara might be a sell high right now, um, just because of the efficiency he's been putting up is, is unsustainable. Um, but anyways, he's he's a baller. Alex Smith, I think. That's the one thing I don't like about taking this side, I guess, is Kamara and Alex Smith both have a value higher right now than they probably will in the future. You know, you're kind of buying high on both of those guys. Um, but I just think both, you know, Kamara and that 106 as a rebuilding team, plus Alex Smith and a super flex, I think that's probably enough for me to move off a of DJ if I was rebuilding. What do you guys think? Am I crazy? Personally, I do. Um, I would would take David Johnson, um, and it wouldn't be close for me. Uh, I I think think David Johnson, honestly, I I think he is – I mean, we saw – I think he's he's as good as Adrian Peterson was in his prime. He can do everything. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's an elite receiver. He's really good in space. He can run the ball between the tackles. We've seen guys like AP – 
be put on bad offenses and still produce. I think I, I personally, my belief is David Johnson is that type of a running back, and I think that that lessens a little bit of the concern about Arizona um, and their future moving forward. Um, you know, I, and I don't say that about very many guys, but for David Johnson, that's one of the way, the guys that I feel like um, he's still young. I mean, this is what his third season. Um, he's still a young back. He still has years of production ahead of him, and him sitting out this year is just less carries and less uh, less pounding that he's taking. So um, I'm taking David Johnson there. Uh, I, I like Kamara. I like the upside there. I don't know what you're getting with Alex Smith, a quarterback at the back end of his career who may be on a new team. Um, so I don't, I, to me, you know, Alex Smith isn't a, a huge selling point for me if I'm rebuilding um, because I don't know what I'm going to get from him next year. Kamara I like, the first I like, but it's not enough for me to move off of David Johnson and the guaranteed production I feel like I'm going to get from him moving forward. Um, so that that's my thoughts on it. Uh, I'm really high on David Johnson, probably higher than most, though. So, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty darn high on David Johnson for sure, but another thing to consider is David Johnson – is going to be 26, almost 27 um, at the start of next season. Kamara's 22. So I know it's only his third year, but the next year is going to be his fourth year. But he's going to be, I mean, he was an old rookie. So he's going to be 27 December of next year, which is obviously end of season. But, you know, he's not, he's not a young, I mean, he's, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Kamara's 22 yeah, yeah, years old. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and, and that's a good point. I mean, that, that is a valid point, obviously. You get a running back who has, who's five years younger. You know, that's something to look at. But if I can get four years of high production out of David Johnson, the production that I feel like I can get from him, the production that he's shown he can produce at, um, I, I'll, I'll take that side and I can still build around him and build a championship within four years. So that's my thinking going forward is if I can get David Johnson, I you know, I have faith that I can build a championship around him in four years, um, in that four-year window. So um, to me, that's that's still um, where I'd go. But no, you're right. That's absolutely something something to look at. And Kamara is is a whole lot younger. So, I mean, that that's definitely a point in that side for sure. What's right. Remind me, what's the injury? For David Johnson, wrist. It was a wrist. wrist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which is kind of what I thought. But I mean, soft tissue is definitely a concern. But um, I mean, he's. He, you say he's twenty five years old. He's twenty five right now. He'll be twenty six December. Yeah. So right now he's twenty. Well, he, we can even call him twenty six for argument's sake with twenty five year old legs because I mean he's just been he he hasn't been taking wear and tear on those for basically all of this season. So um, I don't know. That that part doesn't concern me too much with David Johnson. But what I do see with this trade is the ability to go from one asset to three, which, you know, and I'm just kind of picturing this tree from there. You, then you could trade Kamara potentially if you wanted to, I, and I would, for yeah, multiple a, assets. And yeah. then you do the same with Alex Smith. You trade him for multiple assets. And next thing you know, you've got a stockpile of draft picks and young players um, that, you know, that all started with one seed that just blossomed into this whole new roster. So that's where it's interesting to me. So which side are you picking? I'll take Kamara. I'll take the Kamara-Smith first side. All right, um, so... James is the only one making me feel horrible as a Cardinals fan for for taking that side. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> that, sign that's what he's here for. My, uh, hey, at least you know I'm the... not making Homer 
dynasty decisions. Yeah, I think that's the first time we could say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our, our next trade. We've got Matthew Stafford going for, in a super flex league, four point for uh, for four points per passing touchdown in a super flex league. Matthew Stafford, or do you want Philip Rivers, a 2018 first, and we're going to call it a middle, a mid, mid first. Um, there, you know, it, it looks like it could be a pretty early first, but you know, there's no point in speculating just yet. And a 2019 first. So I'll, I'll jump in because I actually replied to this guy on Twitter. Uh, and my reply was, Stafford and Rivers are close enough to me that those two picks are more than enough for me to move off of Stafford. So I would take the Rivers side. I actually replied pretty much with the same thing, Travis. So I'm going to say, Did uh, you? yeah, I would take the I would take the Rivers side. Yeah, I basically just told them that, um, yeah, Rivers and Stafford are, are close to where I would, yeah, I would definitely take the picks. Um with that, and, and obviously, you know, Stafford's younger. Stafford um, has put up better numbers this season. Um, so, you know, you're getting a little bit more with Stafford, but not enough to justify um, giving up uh, an 18 first, a 2018 first, and a 2019 first. Um, I'm taking those picks all day long uh, with Phillip Rivers over Stafford. What do you think, John? Are we nuts? I will add in, sorry, real quick, that it's not even – it's not even really like the the 2019 2019 picks really aren't like they don't they don't weigh in nearly as much for me as 2018 picks. So I think right. I yeah, even like I mean it adds a little bit of juice. Obviously, it's it's something. But I think I would do this deal even if it was just the 2018 first, honestly. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. So I'm I'm absolutely with you guys. So that was going to be my next question, my follow-up to this. What adjustments would you make to this offer in order to make it happen? If I was trying to buy Stafford? Yeah. Like take out the 2018 first, for instance. Does that, does that do it for you? I would take Stafford over Rivers and a 2019 first, yes. If it was just, okay. if it was just Rivers and a 19 first or Stafford, yeah. I, would, I would stick Stafford. Does that feel balanced to you, though? Yeah, probably. Like that, that's that's worth. You feel like that that would be worth Stafford? I guess that's my question. Does does Rivers in a 2019 first take out that 2018 first? Does that get you Stafford? Mm, well, no, because I just said I would take the Stafford side at that point. So, I think I think I'd do it. I the way I look at those 2019 picks um, is I almost value them around later. So like a 2019 first to me has the value of a 2018 second, um, and and to me I think I would I I think I'd still do it. I mean if I'm if I'm making this trade I'm I'm probably not competing for this year, so then I'm probably doing it just because I mean I I know I, I I'm I'm getting a pick even though it's 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 a future pick and I don't see a huge fall off between Rivers and Stafford I really don't. Um, so I think I would still do it, but it'd be close. I mean, I th- I think the values I I think that's that's pretty much the value right now, in my opinion. That's the value for Stafford. I think um, that trade is is pretty even in in my eyes. What do you th- What are you thinking, John? No, I'm taking I'm taking the Riverside uh, as currently constructed. But yeah, I mean, I think that if you take out that 2018 first. 
then I take the Stafford side. But I do feel like it's a pretty balanced trade at that point. Um, and the the tough part with these Twitter these Twitter polls is, you know, you're basically saying like which side would you take, and it there isn't really a way to say that you know this is a balanced trade. You know, there you could you could see a trade that goes something like this. You know, ninety percent to ten percent. That doesn't mean that it's a bad trade. You know, it doesn't mean that one side is getting absolutely killed. It just means that one side is it. You know, you'd you'd prefer one side to the other, but it's a totally balanced trade still. You know, so that's yeah, I that's. Agree. That's where this it gets a little confusing, and sometimes these Twitter polls aren't necessarily the way to go. But again, that's why you send it to at Superflex Trades on Twitter, and we can actually do a little in-depth analysis here. So let's get to our next one. With all that being said, this is in a Superflex league. Uh, this he has Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Eli Manning, and Ryan Tannehill all at quarterback. So he he traded. Mitchell Trubisky for Stefan Diggs. Um, yeah, Ooh. so which... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this this one definitely does follow the Twitter poll to me. It's, <laughs> this is, is, is pretty lopsided. But I, I, uh, I want to know if you guys do have any thoughts on this one. Um, straight up, Stefan Diggs for Mitchell Trubisky in a Superflex League. Yeah, I'm interested to hear. I'm interested to hear James's take because he's quiet over there. But I think me and John are on the same the same page here. I think it's Diggs, and it's not even close. Yeah, you uh, you nailed it, Travis. Because I am going to go contrarian here. Whoa! Um, yeah, and, <laughs> no. and look, the, that's these awesome. Were the, these were the these How? are the type of trade <laughs> offers that I was saying I would go the other way with last year with Jared Goff. So. Uh, at least, at least in that aspect, I'm I'm looking pretty good this year, right? I mean, um, no, I I it, you know in a super flex two quarterback league, I, I get why why the team that is trading away Mitchell Trubisky is doing it. I mean, you know, we we already heard the quarterbacks he has on his roster. I definitely do that trade if I'm him. However, just in a vacuum, I, I think it's really close. Uh, I I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to take steps forward. Um, I think he has a. I I think there's going to be. I mean, living living where I'm living and listening to 670, the score. Um, they talk a lot about what's what's you know what the future holds, and uh, and with a lot of the interviews I've heard, I have a feeling that um, John Fox is done, and they're bringing in an offensive guy to 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 you know really um, build around uh, Mitchell Trubisky. So um, I could see something you know a rejuvenated second year out of Mitchell Trubisky, kind of like we saw with Jared Goff. Um, I think Trubisky has the arm talent. Um, he's smart enough. He knows he's mobile enough. He's good on the run. I think uh, uh, an offensive coordinator with a little bit of vision um, is going to get the most out of him. So I would take I I I, I tell you what I would take that um, I would take that that risk. I think if I needed a quarterback. Um, you know, going into next year in a super flex, and I'm out of it this year, uh, or a two two quarterback league. I think I would. I think I would take that. Uh, I think I would take that side. And I know I like Stephon Diggs a lot, but man, if you don't have two good quarterbacks in a two quarterback or a super flex league, forget about it. I mean, you're not going to compete. So I, I I would take. I'd roll the dice and try to try to see if you, if this is going to be uh, one of those one of those guys. You know. Um, I, I I like Mitchell Trubisky moving forward, so I would do it. 
Uh, but that's huh. that's just me, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you you make a convincing <laughs> argument. I, I for me, it's still the dig side. I just see elite upside with digs, um, and Trubisky. I mean, it, yeah, it could be there. He could be Goff. He could easily be Goff. But I, it just, it's such a dart throw with quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks. He could, he could just as easily be RG three, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I go with Diggs. But I, I do. I am curious about this. Um, while we're on the topic, though, I mean, maybe he was, maybe the dig side was kind of settling for Trubisky. So you look at this roster, James. And you see Dak Prescott, who you're not touching. You see Matt Ryan. You see Eli Manning. And you see Ryan Tannehill. And you're dangling Stephon Diggs. Which one of those quarterbacks are you going to go after? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get a guy like uh, like Dak Prescott for him. But um, I think I would I would shoot probably high. To me, I would I would look at Matt Ryan first. However, you know, I, here's the thing. I I, I guess. What I would do is maybe I wouldn't I wouldn't throw digs out there right away, but I think I would I'd gauge you know what it would take to get a young quarterback like Trubisky and and see I mean if if you're a team that's rebuilding if you're a team that's that's not not a championship caliber team which I'm assuming that um, I could be wrong but if I'm dealing digs for a future you know a quarterback that isn't you know putting up numbers this year I'm assuming that you know, this is a team that isn't competing this year. Um, if I'm not competing this year, I want to get a young guy. I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice on a guy like Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know that I, I you know, would necessarily want to pay digs for it. I, 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 I mean, I would take that, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, that wouldn't be my first offer. I'd, I'd be going back and forth, um, inquiring what it would take to, to get a guy like Trubisky. But, um, you know, if, if, if I could get, you know, Matt Ryan maybe a little bit cheaper or something like that, I think I would, I, yeah, I'd definitely be looking at that. Um, I don't want any part of Eli. Um, and I think, uh, the rest of us know that Ryan Tannenhill just isn't very good at quarterbacking. So <laughs> I don't know that I would touch him either. So, um, I, yeah, I think, I think it's either Matt Ryan or Mitchell Trubisky. Those are the only two options for me that I'd be looking at. What do you guys think? I th- I think Matt Ryan straight up for Diggs is a heck of a lot closer. I don't. I, I, but out of those out of those five QBs, like that's the only that's the only one that this guy was probably willing to get rid of that still held any value. I mean, Eli and Tannehill are pretty darn valueless at this point. So I mean, that was you know his young piece that he had to trade, I guess. But I, I. I don't know. Even if I'm rebuilding, I'd rather have Diggs. I just the the chance of Trubisky. I mean, it's like fifty fifty still at this point. He could still be a backup three years from now. You know what I mean? Like we don't know, and the the risk of of him being a bust is a heck of a lot higher, I think, than Diggs. And as a rebuilding team, Diggs is worth more to me. That young, high upside super talented receiver who's going to have, you know what I mean? Like that's still more valuable to me as a rebuilding team than Trubisky is. So let me ask you a question then. Um, in a two quarterback or super flex league, if someone offered you Stefan Diggs and you had Jared Goff, would you do it? Would I trade away Goff for Diggs straight up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I think I could get more for Goff 
at this point, but I might. I'm not. I don't think Goff is an elite quarterback yet. I, I don't know that he will be. I think Sean McVay, Sean McVay is working miracles over there, and he's obviously more talented than we thought he was last year. I mean, it would obviously it all you know. We can always go to the cop out of it. It all depends on my roster and what other quarterbacks. I, if if mm-hmm. if Goff is my QB three, I would do that deal. Wow. Okay. I I mean I think I could get Diggs plus for Goff at this point, but if it just wasn't working out and I had Goff as my QB three and the guy wasn't budging, I'd I'd, I'd do that. What do you think, John? I know James wouldn't do that. I I don't think I could do that in a super flex. Whew. I don't think I could give up Goff for Diggs as much as it. I mean, there there's still some question marks with Diggs. I I like I said, I love the potential, um, love the age for sure, and uh, love his role in that offense. And now he's scoring touchdowns too. So, um, but there's still some question marks there for me, and just the value of quarterbacks. And the way that it can that it can shift on you um, from season to season. I mean, I I think that over the course of a career, you're you typically know what you're getting with most of these quarterbacks. But I, the way the, some of these guys are prone to a down season, the you know, or even even you know just a a slump for a for a, a period of time and like during a season. I think that it's just so important to have some depth. And I think that Jared Goff becomes quite a bit more valuable based on his age, his situation, um, and just the fact that, you know, he he could end up being the difference for you if if you lose a you know, a Deshaun Watson or an Aaron Rodgers um in the middle of your season he keeps you in contention so i think he's got quite a bit of value in super flex and so i don't think i could do it but this trade stuff has been really interesting and really important i think and we're gonna have to revisit this more often um we need more boring weeks like week 10 was without all the injuries and benchings and and people just going nuts um we're but we need to move on for this week to us going nuts and a segment we like to call "You're nuts. You're nuts. I get nuts. What are you nuts? Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You're all nuts. And we're gonna start by with a quick recap of what we did last week. And let's start with you, James. Just uh, um, talk about what your prediction was and uh, how far off it was. Yeah, I said that. Uh... Ben Roethlisberger was going to throw for over 300 yards and have three touchdowns on the road. He did not hit those numbers. He actually threw for 236 passing yards and two touchdowns. So um, while I wasn't there, I you know I was pretty close. You know, I mean, I was I was I was pretty much pretty much there. Uh, we and don't give we out, out participation particip- participation trophies on this <laughs> podcast. You were you don't we don't you don't, we don't. Win. all right. Nope. All right. Well, I, I win as much as you won last week. <laughs> so <laughs> what was yours, Travis? What was yours this week? Um, I had Corey Davis, 100-plus yards and a touchdown, first breakout game. You guys called me not nuts. You said it was a vanilla take. He uh, he indeed did not hit. He had 48 yards, no touchdowns. But, but, 
the process was still right. Dude had 10 targets. He led the team in targets. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Process. It's coming. Here we go. I'm telling you, this is their number one receiver, and he is a – dude, he's going to ball out. Week 12, yeah. watch. Week 12. And and my contention was – I it was a fairly vanilla take, but, you know, you, you've got to give the guy – you know, let him let him settle into that role a little bit. It was his third game as a pro, so yeah. That was I mean, my argument when, as to why it was bold, and you said that that was bullshit. <laughs> Damn it! Sorry, does that have to be bleep? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> he also said, um, gave us a little speech on uh, what is predictive and what has yet to happen, mm-hmm. and that had yet to happen, and then he still called it vanilla. So yeah, I remember that too. That was good. Yeah. That's up, first of all. Up, that's that's totally the way to do it. Just play both sides of the argument, and you'll never lose. So what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I said it was bold, and, and, you said and it I wasn't. did that to perfection. And <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you you couldn't you could not argue with me on that one. No, I, I mean all I was saying is give give the guy a chance to prove that that he's the number one receiver there. Give him a chance to to carve out that role. But at the end of the day, a hundred yards and a touchdown, you know, for for nameless, faceless wide receiver in the NFL is not that bold. Um, but mm-hmm. I, so the only reason I said it's not going to happen, not because it's a bold prediction, but just because Corey Davis is not there yet. Now he is, though. Now we've seen <laughs> the, we we've seen the fact that this is the number one wide receiver on a on a potentially explosive offense. Wait 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 um, wait, 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 wait 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 wait. <laughs> let's let's play the tape back. Let's get the tape back from last week. Um, who's who's the best receiver in Tennessee, John? The best receiver. In Tennessee is Richard Matthews. Whoa. Okay. All right. He is. The, he is. He proved it. The current. What are you talking about? I mean, about? The, the leader in targets for this week was Corey Davis. The the so that the, proves the he's current, the number one, but he's still not better than Richard Matthews. It it looks like he's going to be the number one option. Sure. He's, I mean, he got the most targets, but no, he's not better wide receiver yet than Richard oh Matthews. Oh my god. Is. Oh my god. He's got that upside. He'll get there, but he's not there. He yet. is a more talented wide receiver than Richard Matthews. Yeah, but it's not always about talent. That's what better means. It, he's, no, the, he's better, the better receiver. Better is based on a lot of things, but look at their depth chart for one thing. Oh, I, I mean, don't care about that. <laughs> I don't care about that. That doesn't make my point. <laughs> I don't care about that. Are you talking about te- team depth charts? That's what we're pulling out right now? Come on. He's the- well, okay, how, about, how about the fact that Corey Davis made four catches, four receptions off of ten targets, whereas Richard Matthews had five receptions off of seven targets? Richard Matthews had more receptions and more yards than Corey Davis on three fewer targets. Oh, my God. John- James. No? James. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> James, you think that Richard Matthews is the better receiver? I, I agree with John. Oh right my now, God. I think Richard Matthews is better than Corey Davis. I do no. not think Richard Matthews is more talented. But that's right the now, same he's thing. The better receiver. No, that's uh, that's ridiculous. Richard Matthews has been more productive up to this point. Yes, 
but that doesn't mean he's the better receiver. Maybe we just have different Corey definitions. Davis still has to learn. No, I think Corey Davis still has a lot to learn. He will be the better receiver, but as of right now, Rashard Matthews is the better receiver. All right, so I, tell me this, Travis. Who's more talented, Julio Jones or Adam Thielen? The fact that I had to think about it is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. It's Julio. I, I thought... It's Julio. Okay, but who's the better wide receiver right now? It's Julio. How how do you how can you possibly back that up? Look at their numbers. Julio is a better wide receiver than Adam. He's Thielen. a more talented wide receiver. Adam yes. Thielen. Okay, is so I think that's destroying where destroying him in productivity. Yes, 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 yes. That that productivity numbers stat lines factor in so many different things: offense, quarterback, matchups. Like none of that is like the essence of. Who is the but, better wide receiver? Who is a better wide receiver? But Adam Thielen is doing all of those things better. He he's getting more targets. He's getting more catches. He's getting more yards. He's getting more touchdowns. Like I understand that. That's what, well, That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That stat line. You're looking at who's looking the better at, wide receiver right now. You're looking at raw counting stats. That's, I mean that you that that factors in so many other different things and. You're, you're trying to tell me that, that Adam Thielen is a better receiver than Julio Jones? I, yeah, look at the stats. He's Woo. significantly better. Who would you rather have in your um, fantasy lineup uh, this week? I, hold on. I rest my case. <laughs> Wait, what just happened? <laughs> you, you just said that Adam Thielen's a better receiver than Julio Jones. Therefore, everybody will realize how crazy you are. I don't have to make any more points. I win. <laughs> but here's okay. the thing, Travis. When, when, you're, when you're comparing, <laughs> when you're comparing Richard Matthew and Corey Davis, they have the same quarterback. They have, I mean, there's there's yes. no mitigating factors there. What what's what is different, Corey? When you look at a guy who's more efficient, Corey Davis missed putting eight up games, better numbers, and he's a rookie. He missed eight games, and he's a oh, rookie. Yeah. Exactly, which means he still has a lot to work on, right? He's going to be the better receiver. Thank you. He is more, He's talented. more talented. Yes, but he is not the better receiver right okay, now. Okay, hold on. Real quick. One word answer. James, is he more talented? Yeah. Yes. John, is he more talented? Corey Davis than Richard Matthews? Yes. Yes. Okay, then we just have different 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 definitions of better, I guess. Yeah, and, and I pointed out what the differentiator is with the Julio Jones-Adam Thielen comparison. Right. But that's that's right. different though because he's a rookie and he's missed eight games. But let's let's move on. This <laughs> this section wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be that. that was that's fun. for sure. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> All right. Anyways, and uh, I had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for three hundred <laughs> yards and three touchdowns um, because mm-hmm. nobody is better and more talented than Fitz Magic <laughs> and. <laughs> And he demonstrated that by throwing for 187 yards and one touchdown in an absolute <sighs> snorer against the New York Jets. The, I, so in the actual Super Streaker, we're going to talk about our Super Streakers for the week. Last week I said C.J. Bathard. But in the actual Superflex Super Streak competition, I took both sides of this matchup because I thought it was going to be a no-defense party between uh the jets and the bucks so i took mccown and fitzpatrick and got them both wrong so awesome wow so, so let's talk just, a- <laughs> <laughs> we're just uh gonna ignore the fact that you don't even choose your own picks 
that you make on the podcast for the super streak. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we say yeah, on here, I should have. I would have got that. I would have got that <laughs> one right. But I was looking for. I also, I also want to make sure that we don't ignore the fact that Travis thought that was a vanilla take. That's true. That your three hundred <laughs> yards and three touchdowns was like, oh, dude, yeah, I expect it to happen. That's true. So I, I, I think I, yeah, I just want to point out that I was the only one that thought you were nuts with that prediction. You know why, James? <laughs> because the process was right. Every uh, yeah, every <laughs> every factor <laughs> that we could have possibly factored in for that game would have led us to believe that that. I mean, that Josh McCown and Fitzmagic should have had good games. I guess the only thing we didn't factor in mm-hmm. is that they're both mm-hmm. not very good. For, so <laughs> that, That's what you missed right there. Yeah. Just a minor point that you guys overlooked. Yeah. Sure. But, dude, both matchups, both <clears throat> potential game scripts, I mean, both you know, like everything led us to believe that that was definitely at least within a reasonable realm of possibility. John, you're smiling. <laughs> We've got, we 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 uh we flipped a switch on Travis here, where he's willing to argue anything <laughs> and everything. <laughs> I'm not even willing to defend this prediction anymore. It was so bad. It, but, but but it wasn't. That's the, my point. The, yeah, the process I mean, I, was I right. He should have had a good game. I, I still think you're probably right. The process was was accurate. The call oh was absolutely we... not. But I mean, three <laughs> three hundred yards and three touchdowns still might be a lot to ask from any quarterback in yeah, their first he, start in several weeks. I agree, but he should have had two fifty and two. I mean, that was yeah, yeah, agreed. The process said that. Yeah, when when you go through the process, All right, James. that's exactly what you come out All right, with. James. Damn it, James! <laughs> we we were on the same team for a while there, but uh, the process. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to our predictions for this week and uh, see how fast we can get through these. Um, let's start with you, James. Yeah, I got a winner, so I'm I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> I have uh, Dak Prescott's going to have four total touchdowns in a win against the Eagles. The Dallas Cowboys are going to beat the Eagles. I'm, I'm, I'm and that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure on that. But Dak Prescott's also going to total four, four have t- four total touchdowns in that game. So, what do you guys think? That's pretty vanilla, right? <laughs> that is so no. nuts. And You're nuts. this is going to be the longest podcast ever because we can't even get past. <laughs> One thing without arguing about this, but we also cannot let you get away with this. What? <laughs> the Cowboys <laughs> without Tyron Smith, without Ezekiel Elliott against, oh, I mean, all right, the Falcons have Adrian Claiborne. I'll give you that. But beyond that, the Eagles have a much better defense and a far better offense. So, I mean, even to give this win outright to the Cowboys is is insane but to put Dak Prescott on four touchdowns when it, after the way he struggled against a, an inferior Falcons defense is is nuts it's absolutely nuts I don't see any way for that to happen what about you Travis I think the the cowboy win is the more nuts prediction out of the two yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you, you're kidding! Wow. I okay. Think, yeah. No, dude. Well, the way the way that Carson Wentz has been playing and the Eagles like yeah. to to beat that team right now 
it's going to take you four touchdowns. Uh, it might take you five. Like they're they're just balling out. And I agree with John in that you know it that I don't know they struggled. I think the left tackle position is probably the biggest factor, and I think he's going to be out next week. I think it's already. If, correct me if I'm wrong. And last but. last I had heard, yeah, last I had heard, it's it's still they're still waiting on some results. So I I don't know that he's going to miss. Okay. But if he if um, he plays, you might. You it's might still not, not be happening. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, I still believe in Dak. I still think he is top five dynasty quarterback, top five talented quarterback. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I don't and know. I, I think I think the win. I think I think he could have four TDs and still lose. Yeah, I, I think part of last week's performance, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think they just looked past their opponent and they were looking at this game. This is a huge game. It's a division game. It's a rivalry game. It's a Sunday night game. It's at home in Dallas. I think this is a we got to get Dak right game. So I think Dak is going to score a lot, and I think I think the Cowboys have this one circled on their schedule. So this is a big game for them. I think they pull out all the stops and uh, and get the win, and I think they lean on Dak Prescott to do it with no Zeke. So you know maybe I'm wrong, but that's that was my th- thought process. When I uh, when I came up with this one. Oh, that was your process, huh? <laughs> yeah, um, the process says that Dak uh, <laughs> Prescott should get four total touchdowns. In a all right, all right, all right. So, so. You, you're not wrong. You're just nuts. But all right, let's hear yours, Travis. <laughs> yeah. So I've got Kareem Hunt bounce back game, two hundred total yards and two touchdowns. Go. Dude, I want you to be right so bad that I, I don't want to call you nuts. <laughs> however, however, unfortunately, Kareem Hunt is really slowed down. you got to look at is he hitting a rookie wall or not. They are coming off a bye, which is nice. Maybe he gets a little bit of a break. But, boy, I still don't know that he gets 200 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Kansas City is going to have to be uh, really feed him the ball a lot. And, uh, and I don't know if they want to do that with him you know, potentially hitting a rookie wall. So I'm going to say you're a little nuts, even though I hope you're not nuts at all. So my, my thought process here is my, – my process, James, is uh, <laughs> they're, they're playing the Giants, first of all. That might be the biggest factor. Um, that team is uh, – <laughs> I'm struggling to find – So bad. I'm struggling to find the words. Um, yeah, dude, I don't like using the cliche dumpster fire. I was trying to find a synonym to dumpster fire. But it's bad, dude. They can't. I mean, they're gonna. The Chiefs are gonna just wallop the 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 Giants, and they're gonna be able to run the clock out. It's gonna be. It's gonna be easy. Kareem Hunt coming off a bye against the Giants. Done deal. Book it. Yeah, I mean the the Forty ers just the running backs combined for 198 rushing yards against uh, against the Giants this past week. Um. So I mean, two hundred yard, <clears throat> two hundred yards is a lot. Two hundred total but, yards. Yeah, yeah. That's that's still a big number. That's the only sure. reason that you're nuts at all on this. But I I think you're just a little nuts. But I mean, I think you're right. The game flow definitely lines up for a for a lot of Kareem Hunt and not a whole lot else. So that's why I'm I'm gonna move on to my prediction in the same game. Uh, the Giants have a streak going dating back to the end of last season 
of giving up a touchdown to the tight end position in 11 straight games. Well, now they get the number one tight end in fantasy in Travis Kelsey, and I'm predicting that he's going to get less than 50 yards and zero touchdowns, snap the streak, and I'm basing it mostly off of game flow. I think I I just think that this is going to be uh, the Kareem Hunt show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're I think you're crazy, but uh, <laughs> but look, I I I don't. Uh, I don't think you're totally crazy. I think this has a chance of happening, but I, I'll, I'll go this far. How about this? If that does happen, I still think a Kansas City tight end scores a touchdown. It just might be Demetrius Harris. Um, but, yeah, I, I I just, that Giants defense is so awful. They're terrible against the tight ends, but I definitely think that they're going to key on, uh, on, on Kelsey, on stopping Kelsey, so that opens up things for Hunt, and it's going to open up things for Tyreek Hill, who I expect to have a huge game, so... Um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't, if he didn't get in the end zone 50 yards. Oh boy. I mean, that's, that's a tough part for me. I I think, I think that 50 yard total mark, he may go over. So that's why I'm going to call you nuts. But yeah, I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility either though. I think Travis thinks you're nuts. Sorry. I was, (laughs) I was muted. Um, (laughs) I think (laughs) that never happens when you want it to. (laughs) I <laughs> when we want it to. Uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I don't think you're crazy. I actually kind of like it because I think that this and John, this might lead to more of a conversation we need to have on a different podcast. But hmm. the um, trends and what has happened versus what hasn't happened yet, and buying into statistical trends, and so I guess my whole point is. I completely do not think that the simple fact that they've allowed a touchdown in 11 straight games means they're going to allow one next week. I don't think that that, it's not predictive, right? It's just a trend that has happened because they're a bad team. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen again. So I kind of like, you know, bucking that trend and I, I mean, it could still happen, but even if it happens again, that doesn't mean it's going to happen in week 12. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that simple. Yeah. That's not how things work. So, um, And in fact, the, the, the longer a streak builds, the less likely it's, it is to continue. That's exactly. part of it, too. So, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that, actually. And, um, um, and that, was, that was part of it is, uh, you know, at some point, the streak is going gonna, is gonna to get snapped. So Right. And Kelsey my other point as to why i think it's it's not crazy not that crazy i mean it's likely my belief is he will have a good game but it's not crazy to think that he won't and he's already had despite being the tight end one he's had four games this season under 50 yards um so it's not at three of those he didn't score so it's it's happened you know tight end is a volatile position it's you know, I don't know. I guess that's my. I'm done talking. I don't. I don't think you're. I don't think you're that crazy. I kind of. I kind of like the bold direction of that call for sure. Nice. All right, let's get to our final segment. Some super streakers. We're going streaky yeah! for week eleven. Uh, we're, what we're looking for: quarterbacks who we think are going to throw for at least 250 yards. Um, 
and uh, so this is this is mainly geared towards the Superflex Super Street competition, um, which is still ongoing, and uh, that we're going to get even more ramped up for the 2018 season but for now let's talk about some guys i mean these end up kind of just being some streaming options um a lot of times but so let's talk about some super streakers real quick and we'll start with you this time travis yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna continue on my play whoever is against houston strategy so i'm gonna go with my boy the better of the two quarterbacks on the roster blaine gabbert in arizona what? <laughs> what? Oh. Are we? I didn't know we were extending the year nuts to, to super streakers. All right. That tends to happen. Good so. deal. James, wow. Oh, man. James has, been, no, continue, yeah, James please. has been waiting all podcasts for this moment. Uh, <laughs> Blaine Gabbert, better than Drew Stanton, against Houston, 250 yards, oh. easy. Dude, you... I, I, you're nuts. <laughs> you are absolutely nuts with your super. We're not speaker. in that. We're wow. not in that segment Dude. anymore, James. I, I, well, then I, I can call you other things like crazy <laughs> because that's that's insane, Travis. You're uh, Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert, baby. Blaine Gabbert. I would bet my head of hair that Blaine Gabbert doesn't get to 250 yards. I've been hoping since <laughs> Palmer da- went down that they would give Blaine Gabbert the ball. I thought you were. I really? thought you were going to say so, you were hoping for an opportunity to bet for uh, the opportunity to win James's head of hair. Oh. J- James has J- James's uh, James's hair is awful long, about as long as Travis's beard, and I would be willing to bet it against your beard that Blaine Gabbert doesn't hit 250 yards in this game. Whoa! Wow! This is yeah. this just got yeah. really interesting. What do you think? We could shave it on the podcast next week? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I just I just dropped a bomb there. That wasn't on the show sheet, was it? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Well, I tell you what, Travis. Why don't you think about that while I tell everyone a, a real super streaker that's going to hit 250 yards, and that is Drew Brees. I had to look back, make sure I haven't used him. I haven't. He's going against Washington. I just saw what Case Keenum did against Washington. That's all I needed. Um, Drew Brees had a down week because they kept running the ball. Um, I think that uh, against Kirk Cousins, it's going to be a higher-scoring game. They're going to have to throw a little bit. I think Drew Brees hits 250 yards easy. Easy. Uh, I mean, Drew Brees doesn't throw the ball anymore. That's the issue there. But um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe they they go back to that and try and uh, catch the Washington team off guard. Um, yeah, well, he's playing Captain Kirk too, and you know, uh, Kirk Cousins is uh, he's pretty good. He puts up some fantasy points. So I think uh, I think he's going to have to throw a little bit. You know, I think this is the game where the game script's going to go well. The Saints are going to have to throw a little bit to to you know, pull away in this one if they want to do so. So I think he'll get that 250. But, yeah, that's that's my only concern. But against his defense, I think he could throw all day. So, And I'm taking Case Keenum. Um, he's got the uh, the L.A. Rams, which it's, it's really not a great matchup for the passing game. But, I mean, Keenum has, has put up big numbers against better defenses than this one, um, including the one that he just decimated. Um in uh washington so i i 
just think that uh, that this is also going to be a game script situation. I think that this is the shootout that we're looking for. And uh, so 250 yards with wide receivers everywhere. Case Keenum should be a lock. And a revenge game, nice. Oh, I forgot about the revenge game angle. That's always yeah, that's always go. fun. I took I I <laughs> did that last week with Fitch with uh, Fitzpatrick. So, uh, oh yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll <laughs> see on that one. So so of everything that we've accomplished tonight, we have still one thing that's uh, outstanding and easily the most interesting part of this podcast. Do we have a bet on Blaine Gabbert? So if I win, you got to shave your head bald, right? Yep, all gone. like to the skin, like 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 big yep. razor status. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, I'm willing to do that. And then if if wait, yeah, and then if you win, I got to shave uh, my beautiful beautiful beard. Yeah, you got to be clean shaven, like like you know, baby's bottom. Nothing. All right, dude, you got a deal. Oh man, okay. I am betting my beard on Blaine freaking Gabbert. Did you ever think and that I am that betting my hair the, against Blaine Gabbert, which, the, which I feel okay the about. The third string quarterback for the pitiful Arizona Cardinals. That's what just happened. You, you just redeemed yourself in Arizona Cardinal fandom for not taking David Johnson in the earlier trade segment. You have just redeemed yourself fully. All right, word. I'll take it. Wow. wow. Oh, man. All my right. wife's going to be pissed. Wow. Okay. This is so... going to be a fun week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. So we have nowhere left to go. Uh, there's no way we're going to top that. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up for this week. And as we wrap it up, I'm going to ask you for a quick favor to please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. It really helps us to be able to. Uh, to improve the content and to expand our our listenership um so that we can uh, uh that we can further improve the content and so that we can get out to more people so we'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind doing that and also definitely definitely don't want to miss next week's episode when someone's getting shaved it's either going to be Travis at Travis NFL on Twitter or James at DFF underscore psychic on Twitter. And then I'm D- at DFF Dynasty Dude, and uh, literally nothing is going to get shaved off of this body <laughs> ever. So there's there's an image for you. Ever. Uh, also follow the Dynasty Football Factory at DFF underscore Dynasty and the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore Network uh, to keep up with all of the content, both written and audio. Um, the DF Network podcasts include fantasy, the Fantasy Football Fellas, the Dynasty War Zone, the IDP Edge Crushers, the Devi Watch Podcast, and Capology 101. And, uh, of course, follow our podcast at SuperFlexPod on Twitter. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction, which we use in both our intro and outro, and which you're hearing right now. And until next week, best of luck in week 11. Bye. Bye.